Welcome to Ahead of the Game, a podcast brought to you by the Digital Marketing Institute, giving you insights from industry experts to supercharge your marketing skills. Today is the Modern Mindset, where we explore those soft skills that are so vital to developing your career. And this episode is all about productivity. I'm Will Francis, and I'll be talking to Alison Battisby, a social media consultant and trainer who runs her own business, flying around the world, training clients, and generally being a very busy person. So let's hear all about how she remains productive despite having such a busy diary and clients to manage. Alison, welcome to the podcast. Hello, welcome. (laughs) So just how busy is your average week? Oh, that's a good question. A good starter. I think it really depends on what I've sort of got pre-booked in the diary because I do a lot of training. I could be delivering somewhere between one and three social media workshops every week. And obviously then it depends where those are, will lead to how busy I am. Mm. So I would say when I'm not training delivering a workshop I'll either be working on a deeper project such as writing a strategy or perhaps doing a research piece for a client and then in between all of those times I'm also checking in on my clients having phone calls with them and generally managing the admin side of my business as well so it's a real mixture of face-to-face work with clients and then all of that sort of behind the scenes deeper project stuff yeah and and so what tools and processes have you adopted over the years to Mm. deal with all those different kinds of demands I think I very quickly realized that you need to be super organized in terms of your calendar so we keep a pretty tight calendar avocado social with color coding we use google calendar so nothing um too crazy there but it is well organized in terms of how far ahead we'll book things in and how far ahead do you know what's going on in your life about six weeks in terms of um workshops i mean at the moment i would say we've got workshops booked in over the next three months but i would say if a client phoned up and said could you do something next week it's very unlikely we would be able to do that and i know i normally say to people we need two weeks lead time minimum Um, The second thing that I realized is you have to have such a great cloud-based system for all of your files and proposals and documents. So we use Dropbox, which personally I find extremely easy to use. And that's because your stuff has to be accessible from anywhere Mm. and potentially by anyone. That's true. You know, I mean, you may not be available and a client needs to see a strategy or a contract or something yes absolutely and it needs to be because the files are so big when you deliver a workshop it needs to be a very easy way of giving someone the follow-up notes afterwards yeah and also I like to work a little bit on my phone a little bit on my desktop and a little bit on my laptop so having one system that talks between all of my devices is fantastic But how do you know what's on your to-do list? So every week I essentially have a meeting with my team where we decide what are the absolute musts that need to happen that week. Is that the beginning of the week? Yep, Monday morning, first thing. So you set out everything that needs to happen that week. Mm -hmm. We look at the calendar, we see what's going on. 
we sort of all bring things to the meeting. So whether there's certain proposals that need chasing or clients that need invoicing or if there's a workshop that needs to be written and we look at where those deadlines are and when things need to be done by. And then I will then have my own personal daily to-do list. So every morning I write a to-do list. By hand? Yep, by hand. Wow. Analog. (laughs) (laughs) In my notepad of everything that I need to do that day. And it will be things as small as reply to this comment on Facebook. Yes, it's just capturing everything that needs doing, making sure nothing slips through the net. I think that's a really good first step a lot of people don't even do that oh it's great for being able to tick it off that satisfying feeling um and then there will be longer projects that i know are going to take me two or three days but i'll just have that kind of lingering on my to-do list and carry it over for the next couple of days but will you know what your next action is on that project because that's the important thing isn't it yeah like sometimes for writing a client strategy we will then separate that into the sort of stages that need to be done. So whether that's the research phase, whether it's an interview with the client, whether it's um, delivering a first draft or whether it's signing up to a tool to be able to analyze their data. It's a specific action because mm. that, that's a lot of a lot of productivity systems, I suppose, focus on that. You know, it, like um, create strategy for client isn't really a to do. <laughs> no. Do you know what I mean? Whereas sign up for that social media monitoring tool so I can get started. That is yes. something, something you can put a firm tick by. Absolutely. Um, and uh, and break it down. Mm. Right. OK. And so what happens when a client calls and, uh, every, you know, everything kind of goes out the window yeah. or does it? I don't know. It can do. It can certainly do. And so your to do list, which looked like quite a simple, easy day, you know, three, four things can quickly get lagged or more things get added to that list so obviously working in social media things can change very last minute and there will be urgent things that need to be done or whether that's a longer term monitoring so for example um, a client of ours maybe well their restaurant they had an issue with one of their restaurants we had to then monitor twitter just to check uh, whether or not this issue was going to affect their client base their customers etc um so we had to keep an eye on twitter for a longer period of time than than what we would have done normally so in that case you know things you either end up working longer that day or things do get put over to the next day and that's the issue isn't it with working in digital marketing we are of all industries i think probably one of the most susceptible to distraction oh yeah to notifications News feeds. News feeds or just that internal nagging feeling that we're missing something. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. How do you deal with that? How do you tell me about notifications and distractions to start with? So here's an interesting one, Will. I actually have all notifications on my phone off. I know. Risky as a social media manager. You could miss something. I could, (laughs) but I do for the clients that we do manage social for, which I've got to say, we only manage social for two clients at the moment. We are regularly jumping in at certain points in the day that we know are hot times for their customers to perhaps message them. So we have dedicated time that we're jumping in. And then also in terms of um, social media, I do schedule all social media for both clients and for Avocado Social as well. 
And what that means is that I'm not really distracted too much by the newsfeed unless I plan to be. So what I mean there is for Avocado Social, I would probably schedule somewhere between three and five posts to go out on Instagram a week. I know those posts are going out. I know when they're going out. But if I want to jump into the newsfeed and see sort of what's going on in my community, I can do, but I will do that maybe once some of my other bigger tasks are completed. You've got control over that, basically. Exactly. And I think that's really important. The only thing that I probably struggle with in terms of not having control over is WhatsApp. Mm. So I, like many other social media managers, I'm sure, have this kind of strange personal, professional mixture of content in my WhatsApp. I've got some WhatsApp chats with clients. I've got some WhatsApp chats with people like my family and my best friends. And they're all in one place. And so... If I jump in and there's a client message, I could very easily get distracted with a friend message. Yeah. And I'd say that's probably where I see most of my time sucked away. I think that's common. I mean, WhatsApp is the only app that pretty much that I have notifications turned on for, mm-hmm. for that reason. Do you get lots of clients messaging you? I don't there? really know, but I could, if I if I did use it for that, I can see how it would, um, you know. Um, but, uh, and... In light of that, what parts of your personality do you think work against you in terms of productivity? I'm quite stubborn. So actually, I remember about a year ago, one of my clients messaged me a question on WhatsApp. And it was just a sort of, you know, do you think we should be doing this with our social media type question? And I was adamant that I was not going to reply because how how dare this client message me on my personal WhatsApp with a social media question. My WhatsApp was for my friends and family only and I was going to keep it that way. And I stuck to my guns and I emailed her back and I gave her the answer to her question. But I put a, a very polite message at the end just saying, by the way, like for this kind of stuff, would appreciate an email rather than a WhatsApp. Would appreciate you never WhatsApp me again. Exactly. <laughs> and I probably did come across quite, I don't know what the word is, but I think that stubborn nature in me was sort of like, no, I am going to stick to my guns and not use WhatsApp for work. And over the last year, actually I found <laughs> that WhatsApp is incredibly useful for giving a very quick reply to a customer particularly now because one of the clients which we work with, they need that instant customer query support channel. So we decided to set up WhatsApp. Um, And so now I have no problem with using it for work. Mm. And actually I feel a little bit embarrassed of how I acted a year ago. But I suppose these things do evolve. They do, they do. And actually, I mean, I suppose, you know, your stubbornness is a uh, actually a real asset when it comes to productivity. It's, yes, it, it, potentially. <laughs> no, it really is. It's it's um, it, because you've you know you'll stick to your guns, and it sounds like you've taken control of your digital life in quite a resolute way, which is good because a lot of us don't do that, mm. and we let the technology kind of dictate our day. Yeah, really. I really do. I think since I've read a lot more about you know screen time and. Mm. I think working in social media, I'm just so aware of how much time I do spend on 
the platforms. I really do like to be in control of it. Um, where I probably also could improve, although maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm doing it fine, is I do tend to work quite a lot of weekends. Mm. Not for the whole weekend, but if there is something I didn't quite manage to finish in the week, I will often be found on a Sunday afternoon, you know, getting that report done or prepping some emails for Monday morning just to kind of get ahead of myself. I wonder if that's just a small business owner thing. It definitely is. We all, yeah, we never clock off. So I think we all do that. But Mm. I think, do you think that it's important to have a definite end to the working day? In some way, yeah, I do. Um, I think particularly when you're running a business with your partner as well. Of course, which we didn't mention, but you do. I do. So my husband and I run the business. So we, we do need that right that's it almost like laptops off with husband and wife again yes it's it's dinner time or let's go and veg out um but then you know equally someone did say to me once which I thought was beautiful is if you do have to work late why not work late with someone you love so you know there will be some times where I say to my husband oh I I haven't quite got through my to-do list today and he sort of goes oh yeah I could do with working tonight as well and we sort of give each other that look and sort of say okay tonight will work but tomorrow we'll reward ourselves we'll go out for lunch or yes. you know we'll, we'll take the afternoon off yeah so it works both ways yeah absolutely I, I, I we have exactly the same thing with my wife funnily enough um, <laughs> so when you look at your to-do list do you believe like some people in tackling the hardest nastiest jobs first it's something that gets referred to in productivity circles as swallowing the frog right and it's just this idea just it's kind of like you know when you're a kid it's just better to eat the peas and the carrots first on the plate you know what I mean Mm. do you um do you take that sort of approach with your to-dos I would love to but I never do (laughs) no I always start with a couple of easy ones just to get into the swing of it so usually that would be an urgent email that needs to go out that I know will take me a couple of minutes or perhaps it's just getting, you know, a couple of posts scheduled into social media or something like that. But what's your best time of the day? When are you your best? Morning, definitely. Because a lot of people would say that's when you should devote your you know, mental energy to the stuff that really matters. And then when you zone out after lunch, you can do the kind of admin and the invoicing and the brain dead Yes. Stuff, you yeah. know, and there's, there's one I was reading recently about um, one method where people actually tag each to do with whether they they need high energy or whether they can do them when they're essentially brain dead. Got yeah. And you, so when you are brain dead, you can look at your to do list and know there's some, there's some things on there for you to do that take zero thinking about. And they are usually things like admin or sending an easy email mm. or tidying your desk. Yeah. You know, those sort of things. Yeah. And that if you know your best in the morning, that you tackle that strategy document or the thing you really don't want to do. You yeah. Know. And that is, makes total sense. And I wish I could do that. <laughs> maybe, maybe. That's, <laughs> but that's I, so like, I like to start with one or two easy ones just to get a couple of ticks on my list. I agree, I do. I mean, I, I believe in swallowing the frog and I try and do it, but it is nice to ease in. Mm. We need nice to see some ticks because we need that reward. You do. And um, 
do, how do you reward yourself? Do you ever reward yourself for getting some of those big nasty jobs done? Yes, I do. Yeah, I think that's really important. Mm. Um, so, I mean, different ways. Like sometimes it will be, you know, oh, I finished, I finished that big strategy that I've been working on all week or been really looking to get out the door. I will now, you know, go take a lovely evening off, go for a lovely walk or maybe it's go for a lovely yoga class or perhaps it's just cooking a really nice meal and spending the time to do that. But I do like to intentionally choose something that gives me pleasure as a reward for doing that, which I think is really interesting. That's great. I mean, it's funnily enough, it's one of the big trending productivity hacks of our is time. It? Yeah, no, it's something I've come across quite a bit is and, and because it's so psychologically proven now, yeah. that the best way to motivate yourself is to give yourself a you know it has to be a very defined to do so, so that you can observably say yeah that's definitely been done uh, but at the end of it you place something that is just re- indulgent and mm. that yeah going for a walk or something you really kind of would could only allow yourself to do if you really felt like you'd relieved yourself yeah. of that task yeah you know? actually I find that the thing I probably do quite a lot in in business is I don't know if it's the same for you, Will, but I have very, very crazy times in my business where maybe for three weeks, I'm going relentlessly at it with workshops. I've got maybe three or four key deadlines for strategy or audits or competitor reviews that need to be delivered. And so at the end of that almost stint or sprint, Mm. I will do something quite big as a reward. Right, I like it. So for example, I've recently been to Switzerland to deliver a strategy and a workshop. In the meantime, I'm delivering two social media strategies for my clients. And I've recently come to Ireland to do some online courses. And so that was quite a lot of work over the over the next over the sort of previous weeks. So what I've done is I've booked a Friday afternoon off. And I'm going to go and have a facial, oh, yes. <laughs> which is such a girly thing to do. But I'm really excited about it because it's a special treat. And it's almost like, well done for doing all that massive work. I, I think that's so important. You're not going to believe this, but I did that exact same thing. Did you go for a facial? I went for a facial and a back massage. Oh, amazing. But in, in my hometown, this is like a spa and uh, I'd got such, it was just before Christmas and I was going to go home for Christmas basically and having done all this work. And the very first day I got there, I'd booked myself into the spa. Amazing. And I had to wait between treatments and sit in the, you know, the chill out room by the pool in a robe, you know, <laughs> with my feet in a bubbly thing and you yeah, know, all yeah, that. Yeah. And just, I went through a full, I just thought, you know what? It's not, there's no worth, it's not worth doing. It's not worth the sprint unless you can treat yourself. But I, I do agree. think it's very motivational. I do. And and like I say, there's growing evidence that for all the, you know, productivity tools and tips and hacks and systems that we've got, that it might be the simplest way to just help yourself get stuff done, get mm. the big, the high value, big meaty stuff done. Yeah is to put a reward at the end of it. Um, I think so. Although apparently it works on a micro level, just, you know, if I go for a run, I'll let myself have a chocolate bar or can work as well, but it's obviously more effective at a kind of bigger level, mm, you know? Yeah, and I think when you're running your own business as well, or, you know, maybe if you're not running your own business. And I think we all go through that that boom and bust, whatever, you know, sprint and 
stroll yeah, thing, by the way. Yeah, up and down, yeah, up and do. down. But I think it's very, in, very good to take stock and mm. just kind of step out of that craziness because I think that's where you can easily go down the route of burnout if you yes. are just keep going, keep going, keep going and you never take that time to sort of sit back and and almost kind of congratulate yourself in a non-cheesy way but you're sort of like, oh, well done, I did that. We, yeah, we, we, it is neglected. I mean, it does sound cheesy in itself. It sounds smug and self-congratulatory and all the wrong things. But no, it is important because why? Mm. what's the point? Why are you doing it? You know, exactly. what's the point in working your... And then you feel a bit like a hamster just going around on the wheel. Otherwise. You can do. And I think that's why productivity is so important because um, the point behind productivity is to take the stress, the uncertainty, uh, the chaos... Mm. out of work isn't it yeah because and 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 that's what leads to burnout yeah um so that's why productivity is so important i mean i i I mentioned to you that you know i'm currently following the getting things done the famous kind of getting things done method and it's the tagline to get the book is it's getting things done um something about stress-free productivity you know a guide to stress-free productivity because once you know that you have a reliable system for managing what you've got to do it frees your mind the theory is that it frees your mind to be creative Mm. to um to be your best self and to not burn out essentially and that's interesting as well because in those moments we were talking about whether it's getting a facial going for a swim taking a walk that's actually when I get some really good client ideas. Yeah. Um, which I, you know, I hear that all the time from people. It's actually when you go on holiday or just take time away from your screen, that's when your best creative ideas happen. But we, are, and that's why, that is exactly why productivity is so important. Productivity processes or some sort of structure because you have to give yourself that time to breathe rather than being on the hamster wheel that you mm-hmm. talked about. Um. So where do you have your best ideas? I would probably say on a dog walk. Ooh. Yes. So I have a lovely Springer door who is uh, part Springer, part lab, who me and my husband take him for a walk every day. And we don't always go together, but that can be where we get some great ideas or, or maybe if I'm just sort of thinking to myself. Um, and then also driving, I get good ideas. So... I yeah I do when I'm driving maybe you know around the country particularly if I'm by myself just that time to sort of really think over a client issue or problem or to just perhaps think about even you know what are we going to post on Instagram for the next week it's because you're trapped isn't it it's because you Mm. you you can't um, engage with your screen or yeah, there's you, no distraction. I mean, have to o- think. other than the traffic. <laughs> other than, you know, staying alive. <laughs> exactly. And, um, and how do you capture your ideas in these moments? Um, that's a good question. Um, I would probably say either WhatsApping my husband. <laughs> Not whilst driving, of <laughs> no, course. No, no. But, yeah. but after, oh, I've had this great idea. Or it would be a case of, you know, jotting something down on a notepad when I can. Yeah. I started using, uh, recently started using an app mm. called Otter, and it's a uh, tech, it's a speech to text to text app. But okay. It's very smart. It's a very good one. It's better than a lot that I've used. And um, when when I get home, it syncs to my desktop, and I can put it in my Apple Notes app, and and basically turn it into written content. 
and I've noticed a lot more people are starting to do this, which is how I learned about it. So I've started basically doing what you do in the car, uh, but just recording myself and then trying to formulate my thoughts. And it might turn into a section like recently it turned into a slide in one of my courses. Aww. Recently, another little monologue turned into an article on my website. Oh, brilliant. You know, I mean, not the full article, but maybe just the out this, you know, I would have to go and research it and properly write afterwards, but it would be the bare bones of it, mm. you know, um, and some of the, the thicker prose of it. Because it, when you speak, it comes out as the way you would most naturally write anyway, I think. That's really interesting. And, and actually, think, yeah. it reminds me of a recent Taylor Swift documentary I watched on Netflix. I know it. And she writes most of her songs from actually just formulating that spoken word and recording it in a voice note on her phone. God. So in the in the documentary, you see her coming up with the, a lot of her new tracks on her album by either, you know, saying a lyric into her phone or a sentence or a poem mm. or even just singing a little a line, little li- line yeah. or melody. Yeah. And it's very interesting. That is interesting, that. I mean, that's, that's what led me to do this, because I just realised that my idea capture process was just broken. Mm. I, was, I, was, I was trying to think of what to write or what to put there at times when I wasn't at my most creative. And when I wasn't at my most creative, I was just losing ideas, mm. you know, which is a big part of productivity. It's, you're trying to maximise what you get out of, you know, your brain and turn into work. Um, to make the most of your time. So that app was called Otter. Yeah, Otter. Okay, I'm going to look into it. And what I do find is that, you know, it's not necessarily the nine to five hours that are my most productive hours. So I'm just trying to always make the best use of my time when or wherever it is. Um, what, what do you think normal office hours are conducive to productivity? I don't actually know. Having worked in offices for the first five years or so of my career, I really didn't find them that productive in terms of places to be. Myself, I work, I'm an early bird. I like mm. to get up early. I like to be at my desk. At what's early in your house? So we get up somewhere between 6.30 and 7. Like it. Um, we like to have walked the dog by 9, definitely. Otherwise, he gets antsy. I would be antsy, yeah. So we try and take him out either 7.30 till 8.30 or 7 till 8 or 8 till 9. So it really depends. But it depends also what we've got going on in terms of projects. So sometimes I like to be at my desk ready to start work at 8. But if, you know, there's not as much on that week or maybe I'm teaching late that that evening because I do do evening workshops... I won't start work then till nine. So I do like working in the morning. I find I'm much more productive then. I can get through my to-do list really quickly. And then I flag massively 3 p.m. onwards. Yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so it's it's not actually that productive for me to be working between sort of three and six. And then weirdly again in, in the evening, I can sort of get that energy back and I, I think that's can... very typical. Me and my wife are exactly the same. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's the great thing about working for yourself and mm. working remotely. Um, what's What are your thoughts? How do you feel? What's it like to work from home every day? Do, mm. do you find it difficult or do you find it liberating? 
I really do love working from home. Um, when I first started working from home, I did find it quite odd, a little bit lonely perhaps, and hard to not get distracted by things like doing the washing up or reorganizing your wardrobe. But now that I actually have a dedicated room in my house as an office, that has really changed things. And, you know, you can enter the office in the morning and when you shut the door at the end of the day, you know, that's it, that's work over. It creates that boundary. And so that's really helped. Um, What's the hardest thing about it? The hardest thing I'd probably say, well, firstly, if I work at home too many days in a row, I start to kind of almost get this boxed in feeling. Cabin fever. Cabin fever, exactly. So that's why I'm so still keen to make sure that I'm getting out, meeting clients, running workshops, etc. during my week. I think if it's when I do maybe three days on the trot at home, I start to get itchy feet. I think we all need to see people, even if it's just people, you know, just a client meeting. The postman. Postman, <laughs> yeah, true. We do. Yeah, we all you thrive do. on that. You do. And um, so that's probably one of the harder things. Do you miss anything about office life specifically? No. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't a great, although I had a fantastic time working in offices, don't get me wrong. I wasn't a great lover of the sort of, you weren't the banter queen of the office. Yeah, the sort of how was your weekend chat. Oh, right. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't love all of that all the time. Um, also don't love the sort of the tea runs. I can remember at one stage having to make about 12 cups of tea. I hated that. And I just thought that was a massive waste of time. Mm. Um, and yeah... I don't know. I'm not, I just wasn't a huge lover of it. Don't get me wrong. I love going into my clients' offices. I love meeting people, chatting with people, but being positioned in an office all day, particularly when you're trying to do very deep work. Yes. It's hugely distracting. I think that's, I think that's the key, isn't it? It's um, when you get complete control over your time, not only can you do things like walk the dog and then be at your desk at a certain time and then maybe switch back on in the evening and all that, but you get to really work on your own terms and do that deep work in a very focused way. Um, you know, there was that famously one of the big finance companies, I don't know if it was Morgan Stanley, someone like that, had a system where everybody had a red cap on their desk and if you put the cap on, you weren't, dis you weren't disturbable. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, I didn't know so, about that. So there are like businesses that try and tackle that through weird and wacky systems which sounds yeah. mental um but ultimately you know people get people self-distract in offices you know they'll just look at people in, other people in the office or wander over to go yeah, and have a chat with someone sort of thing. so you know you you um i've forgotten what it's like to be in that situation but uh because it's been we've, we've worked you know worked at home for so long but i'm so used to having that complete control mm. even weird things right like i love wearing jogging bottoms when I'm doing a big report <laughs> okay I love your special report jogging bottoms yeah I like it these nice like adidas kind of green on brand um <laughs> very cozy jogging bottoms slippers um sometimes I can't be really bothered to do my hair I also, I gotta sound like a slob but no but it's true I think you're right it's that you know the business environment the attire 
the whole thing mm. isn't always the best thing, isn't it? And I think I think that's why more businesses are moving to remote working. You know, mm. there's whole businesses now. I mean, I know someone who works at Envision, which is one of a big design software company, and they don't have offices. Everyone's remote. Yeah. And you're getting more of these 21st century businesses that, you know, they, from the start, they're just, we're not even going to get an office. We're just yeah. going to have a totally remote workforce. And, um, pe- you know, judge people on the work they deliver. Exactly. And if they're doing it in the middle of the night, in their nighty and their dressing gown, then fine. I think there's quite a few businesses like that in the social media world. I'm pretty sure Buffer is the same. Mm. And I use a great social media tool called Rival IQ for reporting. Yeah. And they are all remote as well. Yeah. And it's funny, isn't it? Because there was very much this sort of, oh, well, if you're working from home, how do we know that you're actually working? But I think now so many businesses are judging their workforce based on the the level of work they're doing and mm. how quickly they're getting through tasks and what they're actually delivering um, rather than whether they're moving their mouse on their desktop to make sure that their chat is active. Totally, yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's so, a nice yeah. tip that I never thought about that. Yeah, just move the mouse every five minutes so you look <laughs> online on Slack. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I think the open office killed killed office work. I, yeah, I, I it's think, funny, isn't it? I think that's I think the rise of the open office, partly because of the way that modern office buildings were built, but because because of the way that we thought that that would affect culture. Actually, what happened is people found them absolutely impossible to work in. Mm, but so. also the enhancements in technology now. Of course. You know, I use a tool, tool called Zoom, yeah, for yeah. which many people do, for webinars, for chats. You don't actually need to see some of your clients for months on end because you could have a weekly chat with them, mm. seeing them. You know, there's some clients I haven't seen for ages, actually. Yeah. But we still have a very good relationship. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was. I had. I don't do a lot of webinars, but I had one course I was supposed to deliver, and the client had some sort of major hiccup with travel. They couldn't come. It was just for this one client, the course for a few people from that company. We ended up doing it on a webinar, and I, I genuinely believe it was a better course. Oh, really? It actually went definitely went better over webinar. Why do you think that is? Why do you think it went better? Um, it was more. We could. We were really looking at the. We. It was. Um, we were looking at what we were doing. We were both looking at a screen. We were we were exchanging links. We were kind of more, it was a bit more active. Mm. The problem is when people use their laptops in sessions, they can kind of, you lose them a bit. Yes, yeah. And I really don't like that. But I, I allow it, but you know, I, I don't like it. Um, and you, you, you're never quite sure. Are they actually just checking a bit of work email or what's going on? Whereas we were really kind of all looking at the same stuff and screen sharing and being, it was very engaged and um, hands-on yeah. course. You couldn't get away with not looking at it yeah. because if you were... But in the same way, they weren't just looking at a big screen on a wall. It was. It felt more tactile in a yeah. weird sort of way. And I can, I, when I think back to that course, I feel like I was there with them. Yeah. So you know, it's 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 not. It doesn't even have to be a compromise. I think there's some instances where people get more out of remote meetings because yeah. of the way we can kind of exchange information. We can have a record of it. Mm. All these kind of things. Yeah, it's amazing, really. The future of the workplace, eh? Indeed, indeed, and I'm sure it will. Yeah, become a, uh, an increasingly productive place as mm-hmm. a result. Well, thanks so much. It's been fascinating to hear just how you run your business you know you're clearly doing something right 
and it's good to get an it's insight. It's those jogging bottoms. It is. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I think ultimately that's what it comes down to. Um, t- task specific leisure wear. Yes. Okay, so yes. that's the big takeaway. Well, thanks so much for that. <laughs> and thanks for coming on the podcast, Alison. It's Alison's. a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Will. Cheers. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about transforming your marketing career through certified online training, head to digitalmarketinginstitute.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.